Coming up this week on Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, Elon Musk lays out the future of Tesla. Let's talk about it. What's happening, fellow friends and Tesla enthusiasts? Welcome to Ride the Lightning. It is the unofficial Tesla Motors podcast. It's episode number 51 for July 24th, 2016. And uh, fortunately, last week, Elon did not post the, well, at least fortunately for me, Elon didn't post the Master Plan Part 2 moments after I published last week's show. He did wait until uh, Wednesday to do it, and that's what this episode is all about because there is a lot to chew on with it. So I want to get started. Uh, the Elon Musk Master Plan Part 2, the future of Tesla. Uh, it's, it's actually crazy to think when I, I... So I look back at both, the first one and the new one. And the first one was dated August 2nd, 2006. This one, the new one posted July 20th, 2016. So the new one is almost to the day a decade later. It's almost exactly 10 years between master plans. Uh, and it's, it, you know, it's, it's kind of incredible that the first one really did end up more or less becoming a 10-year plan. Uh, he is, is, Elon and Tesla have mostly achieved, they're, they're on the doorstep. You know, they achieved, they did Roadster, they did Model S, they got Model X in there, and now Model 3 is, you know, about a year or so away. So, uh, they did it. I mean, Elon and the team did it. If you go, it's it's pretty cool to go back and read the original master plan and see how it's all come true, all of it from from what must have seemed insane ten years ago. Uh, in fact, Elon even mentions. I'm not going to read you the entire uh, new master plan, the part two or part deux, as Elon termed it, but uh, he does mention in there that. Starting a car company is insane, and starting an electric car company is absolute idiocy, and how Ford and Tesla are the only two American automotive companies to not go bankrupt. And that's, that's unbelievable. And, you know, I, I, was, I forgot to note Elon's birthday recently. It was about a week or two back. He just turned 45. So that means he wrote the first master plan at age 35, which is how old I am now. And when I realized that, oh my goodness, did that make me feel like a failure slash loser. Because what have I done with my life? I certainly haven't laid out a grand master plan that, that uh, I'll spend the next 10 years executing to change, the, change entire industries and change the world and land rockets upright after reusing them. It's, it's insane. I mean, what, what this man has done, what Elon Musk, of course, and his entire team have done is, is just incredible if you really step back and look at it. But uh, let's talk about the master plan part two itself. Uh, I cracked up. I, I got a little bit of a chuckle, I should at least say, out of the legal disclaimers in small print at the bottom of his blog post. Because guess what? Uh, it, that wasn't there and still isn't there. On the original Secret Master Plan from 2006, and that just shows you how legit Tesla is now and how far they have come. They have to legally cover their backsides. 
now, whereas before they could just, <laughs> Elon could post up anything he wanted and not get, you know, investigated for anything or, for, you know, be at risk of violating any, anything because nobody was paying attention to what Tesla was doing. Nobody thought they'd last five minutes, but here they are. So let's get into it. He divides it basically into four parts. Part one covers solar energy, which he titles, uh, part one is integrate energy generation and storage. So he writes that they are separate at all, referring to Tesla and Solar City, that they are separate at all despite similar origins and pursuit of the same overarching goal of sustainable energy is largely an accident of history. Now that Tesla is ready to scale Powerwall and Solar City is ready to provide highly differentiated solar, the time has come to bring them together. So this is obviously, this is a defense of the proposed Solar City merger, and this was expected. Uh, I think all of us kind of figured there'd be something in there about this as, the, as we await the vote for, uh, for this plan by shareholders. I have to say, I personally, I mean, I trust Elon, of course. We've, we've talked about this. Uh, it's a much smarter guy than me. As I, as I all too well just illustrated about how I'm at the same age now as he was in 2006. But uh, I still question the timing of the solar... I have, I have no philosophical issue with the, the solar city deal itself. But I still question the timing of it, given the, the immediacy and the importance of the execution of Model 3 to the company's long-term success, without which any of the rest of this is probably going to be possible. But... That being said, I wanted to note here that uh, the mission statement has, has subtly changed. Uh, instead of accelerating the advent of sustainable transport, it's the advent of sustainable energy. But then I looked, because they've, they've definitely that is definitely a recent change. However, when I went back and looked at the original 2006 master plan, this is what Elon wrote, quote, the overarching purpose of Tesla Motors, and the reason I am funding the company, is to help expedite the move from a mine-and-burn hydrocarbon economy towards a solar electric economy, which I believe to be the primary but not exclusive sustainable solution, end quote. That's from 2006, so we can't fault him. Uh, that, is, that has been in the mission statement. That has been there for 2006. Uh, they've just sort of effectively gone back to that wording uh, as of very, very recently with the Solar City situation. By the way, in a, as an addendum to this, uh, in the wake of the Master Plan Part 2, Elon said that he expects a, quote, supermajority shareholder vote in favor of the Solar City deal after speaking to some major groups of shareholders. Uh, he believes, quote, the end result will be a supermajority, a two-thirds majority in favor of the Solar City acquisition. And another quote from Elon, he says, the most informed investors are highly supportive of the transaction. Uh, he also noted that he, had, that he had, quote, yet to talk to an investor after I have fully explained the situation and had them not support it. So he's out there, a little grassroots effort, trying to talk to the shareholders and, and convince them. So we'll see. This is going to be an interesting vote. Uh, you know, is Elon just trying to project confidence here? Is it actually going to be a supermajority? We'll see. Um, we'll see what happens with this. Part two 
of the Secret Master Plan Part 2 uh, is, is about trucking. Or it's actually titled, Expand to Cover the Major Forms of Terrestrial Transport. And Elon writes, quote, With the Model 3, a future compact SUV, and a new kind of pickup truck, we plan to address most of the consumer market. Uh, we're going to unpack that in a second. But he goes on to say, quote, Tesla engineering has transitioned to focus heavily on designing the machine that makes the machine, turning the factory itself into a product. A first principles physics analysis of automotive production suggests that somewhere between a five to tenfold improvement is achievable by version three on a roughly two-year iteration cycle. The first Model 3 factory machine should be thought of as a version 0.5, with version 1.0 probably in 2018, end, end quote. Now, note that Elon is not referring to the cars themselves here. So, to my fellow early, Model 3 early adopters who are hoping to get their cars in uh, late 2017 or, or in 2018... Breathe a sigh of relief. He's talking about the machine to the machinery to make the Model 3 in the best, most efficient way possible. Uh, so that's good. So he's talking about the Model 3 manufacturing process there being a very, very key element of that scaling, which we've heard him discuss before, and especially recently. More from the master plan and about the truck stuff in particular. He says, in addition to consumer vehicles, there are two other types of electric vehicles needed heavy-duty trucks, and passenger-density urban... Uh, pardon me. High-passenger-density urban transport. Both are in the early stages of development at Tesla and should be ready for unveiling next year. We believe the Tesla Semi will deliver a substantial reduction in the cost of cargo transport while increasing safety and making it really fun to operate. End quote. So let's pause here. The, First of all, a new kind of pickup truck, if we look at those words carefully, I don't want to read necessarily too far into them, but a new kind of pickup truck, what does that mean? Does it have a mega frunk? That that, that you know, significantly adds to the storage capacity of the Tesla pickup truck? What does that mean? I'm not sure. But uh, I, I'm very curious here because you're not only going to have additional energy challenges, because if you load a pickup truck with cargo, as they're designed to do, it's going to put a big strain on the range. Uh, but also, it's, you're, Tesla's going to be facing market challenges as well. And by that, I'm sort of referring to the fact that there are very entrenched competitors and very loyal customers in the pickup truck space. You know, uh, Ford with the F-150, uh, Chevy with the uh, what's the the Silverado right or and then uh, Toyota with the Tundra, uh, Dodge with the Ram. So you know those are very entrenched competitors. And the fact that you know I, I, I while I don't have any statistics to offer you, I'm I am sort of just speaking off the cuff here. But my impression from what I read and observe of the automotive and particularly the truck market is that truck customers are some of the, the most staunch ICE supporters you will find. These are the, the kinds of people that, uh, by and large, seem to not be particularly big fans of electric vehicles, and they like their, their, uh, their gas-guzzling uh, trucks that they have now. So we'll see. I mean, 
This isn't the first time that Tesla has hinted at a Tesla truck, but this is this is the first time that Elon has come out and said, yep, this is part of the roadmap. We're doing this. Uh, so the Model Y was mentioned. That, of course, is the, quote, future compact SUV that Elon referred to. That is the Model Y, which Elon has given name to in the past. And I got to wonder what he said there. With the Model 3, a future compact SUV, and a new kind of pickup truck, is he going... Were those in in order on purpose there? Or is that the order that they're going to release? I kind of figure that they will be because that is the order that's been hinted at uh, by Elon and Tesla for a while. Model 3, then Model Y, and then Model, I'm going to call it H for either hauler or heavy duty in reference to the pickup truck because guess what? There's no chance Ford's going to let them get anywhere near Model T. That's, that's almost certainly not going to happen. For me, uh, with regard to the Model Y, as Elon discusses it here, my only questions about Model Y are, one, will it have Falcon doors? Uh, I talked about this, uh, what, several shows back, sometime in the last couple months, because you know they, Tesla has had a lot of issues with the Falcon doors on Model X, um, are you know yes they're going to iron them out. And so the question is, will they proceed with Falcon doors? Which kind of to this point, there's, they still remain a bit controversial. Uh, will they proceed with Falcon doors on Model Y, or will they make a design change and ditch them on Model Y, keep them on Model X? We shall see. My other question about Model Y is. Uh, if Model 3 actually starts to deliver late next year and then delivers in significant volume in 2018, where on the timeline does that place Model Y? My best guesstimate, because that's all I can do sitting here as a, as a guy that doesn't work for Tesla, is would be probably 2019, maybe 2020. Uh, they're they're going to need to get Model 3, not only the factory itself, the car itself, but then just clearing the backlog of orders. They have upwards of 400,000 orders that's going to take them a while to clear through. And then guess what? As soon as they start advertising, which they haven't done any of, they're going to have plenty of orders on the three. So it's, it's a good question of where the, the best fit on the timeline is going to be for Model Y. Now, the other thing, the other part of, of the trucking section here is that semi-truck, a Tesla semi-truck. Now, Jerome Guillen, who had been in charge of service before he took a leave of absence last year, he's back. He is back, and he is leading the program. Elon tweeted, quote, Jerome is driving Tesla semi and doing a great job with his team. At Daimler, he led their most successful semi-truck program ever. So I'm trying to picture a Tesla semi-truck. The battery packs would have to be enormous. I mean, absolutely enormous. I would have to think that the cab and the trailer itself will will both be skateboard designs loaded with batteries in the pan. So that's like potentially hundreds and hundreds of kilowatt hours 
powering a Tesla semi-truck, which I could see being possible, and I could very much see that being possible. The problem is that how are they going to charge? How do you charge something of that size? And the one thing that comes to mind uh, is what if Elon brings back the battery swap stations but on a commercial basis and just has a bunch of battery swap stations along major free highways and interstates, which is obviously where, you know, that's where ex- almost exclusively where semi-trucks, they're driving. And so they pull off just like, I mean, there are, there are truck stops now, uh, you know, like cargo way stations and that thing. If Tesla puts in some battery, you know, Tesla semi-truck battery swap stations, you know, the, the, that could be the solution. Um, again, the costs would be uh, quite a lot, but again, it's, it's all on a commercial scale anyway. I'm sure a semi-truck now costs, what, a million dollars, maybe, or hundreds of thousands at least. Um, I don't even know. I guess I shouldn't, <laughs> but definitely more expensive than your average passenger car. That for, that's for sure. But so the Tesla, Tesla semi-truck and then a bus, a Tesla bus to help revolutionize, uh, urban transport, high-density, high-passenger urban transport. Elon tweets that it's, quote, inspired by some of the California custom VW combine design... I don't know if he's referring to combination there. Design art. A Tesla bus? That, it just... I have to, I have to say here, I know some of you may roll your eyes at this because you know, you know I have such a, the DeLorean background. And there have been... I detailed this in episode one at the very beginning... There have been very odd, purely coincidental parallels between DeLorean and Tesla. Now, obviously, Tesla is successful where DeLorean ultimately wasn't, but DeLorean started with a sports car and then was going to go to a sedan. Go ahead, Google. If you Google DeLorean Medusa sedan, you'll see sketches, you'll see information on it. But John DeLorean also wanted to build a DeLorean bus. Google DMC80 or DeLorean bus, and it's, I swear to you, it's real. So just, again, strange. I almost feel like John DeLorean may have been like the prototypical Elon Musk, but he just, you know, didn't quite have the business savvy, the, the acumen that, that uh, Elon does. But, uh, but yeah, a, a Tesla bus to uh that that will drop you that you can use your phone to summon and it'll stop and you'll get on and it'll take you where you need to go and uh i that it's wild this is possibly the wildest of the ideas but again do you doubt elon musk i don't part three of the tesla master plan part two is autonomy we all assumed this was coming. This is the, the company is Tesla is obviously very actively pushing towards this, dragging the rest of the industry, kicking and screaming with them. Elon writes in the Master Plan Part 2, quote, As the technology matures, all Tesla vehicles will have the hardware necessary to be fully self-driving with fail operational capability meaning that any given system in the car could break and your car will still drive itself safely. 
it is important to emphasize that refinement and validation of the software will take much longer than putting in place the camera's radar, sonar, and computing hardware. He adds, there will still be a significant time gap, varying widely by jurisdiction, before true self-driving is approved by regulators. We expect that worldwide regulatory approval will require something on the order of 6 billion miles. Current fleet learning is happening at just over 3 million miles per day. So I went ahead and did the quick math. That is about 4.5 years from now. 4.5 years. I mean, and this only, this does back up the theory that uh, I and others share that every Model 3 from day one will have the hardware for full autonomous, level five, at least level four, if not level five autonomous. And I hope we're right because I, you know, plan to spend more money on the Model 3 than I've ever spent on a car. And I sure as heck hope that it's got the autopilot hardware. I'm willing to wait for the software, you know, for the switch to flip, but I sure hope the cars all have the hardware built in. I suspect we'll know that prior to the car's release. You know, the, the part two of the reveal is almost certainly going to answer that question. Whenever that happens, whether it's at the end of this year, uh, I suspect part two of the reveal is going to become much closer to the car's release. So if the car really releases in a year and a half, uh, slightly less than a year and a half from now, I would suspect that the part two of the reveal is going to be very, very close to uh, the car's release, like probably two to three months out. So I think at, at soonest, we would get part two of that reveal, you know, maybe around this time next year at the soonest. Um, but uh, I, I just have to figure that, that the hardware is all going to be there. There's just such an opportunity for Tesla to, to benefit from, uh, from having the hardware. And boy, boy, would they be really burning all of the early adopters who camped out overnight. And, um, you know, I know early adopting is a tough business if you're a consumer. It, it is not necessarily a forgiving, a forgiving thing, but uh, we'll see. I mean, it's, I mean, that is the thing that would make the most, if, if they come out in part two of the reveal and say, this car has everything you need to, or it has everything it needs to drive itself. And as soon as the software and as soon as the uh, governments are ready, your Model 3 will one day wake up and literally drive itself. Uh, that, would, that would set the world on fire. I mean, that would be huge. And that's what I think he's going to do. Anyway, uh, so autonomy. He's talking about autonomy. So four and a half years, he anticipates the fleet learning to be ready uh, for, to satisfy regula- uh, regulators. Now, uh, also as expected in the Master Plan Part 2, Elon did also take the opportunity to defend autopilot as it is today, which uh, he got a boost a couple days later, before I recorded the show, when the head of the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Mark Rosekin, said, quote, no one incident will derail the Department of Transportation and NHTCA, pardon me, TSA, from its mission to improve safety on the roads by pursuing life-saving technologies, end quote, in the wake of, of course, the fatal autopilot-enabled crash in Florida in May. So that's autonomy. And we've got one more part here. 
and that is titled simply sharing. This is what many of us have been also guessing slash expecting. Um, there's a there's an investor or who is who asks Elon. I can't remember his name. Almost every conference call asks Elon about about this, and that investor is going to be happy because finally got his answer. Elon says, "Quote." When true self-driving is approved by regulators, it will mean that you will be able to summon your Tesla from pretty much anywhere. Once it picks you up, you will be able to sleep, read, or do anything else en route to your destination. He continues, You will also be able to add your car to the Tesla shared fleet just by tapping a button on the Tesla phone app and have it generate income for you while you're at work or on vacation, significantly offsetting and at times potentially exceeding the monthly loan or lease cost. This dramatically lowers the true cost of ownership to the point where almost anyone could own a Tesla. Since most cars are only in use by their owner for 5 to 10% of the day, the fundamental pardon me, the fundamental economic utility of a true self-driving car is likely to be several times that of a car which is not. Wow. And one more thing here. He adds, In cities where demand exceeds the supply of customer-owned cars, Tesla will operate its own fleet, ensuring you can always hail a ride from us no matter where you are. Now, my reaction to this, my first thought was that uh, I'm no investor, nor am I a financial expert, so you shouldn't take anything I say uh, super seriously with this. But if you were thinking of, I, I got the thought that occurred to me was, if you were thinking about getting in on the Uber stock IPO that seems to be coming up soon, you might want to rethink that, because if I were to bet on Uber or on Elon Musk, I'm betting on Elon. I have to figure that if I was an executive at Uber, I probably would have woken up in a cold sweat on Thursday morning after this blog post went up on uh, late Wednesday, hoping that Elon's blog was just a bad dream. Because it's one thing to take on Lyft, but uh, taking on Elon Musk... That is the stuff of that has got to be the stuff of nightmares for any business executive. Uh, as for to get back to the ride sharing thing, I got to say, you know, I'm such an a a Tesla enthusiast, a car enthusiast. I never let anyone drive my DeLorean. The only people that could drive my DeLorean were mechanic, the shop mechanics, who were guys people I trusted. Or the occasional trusted fellow DeLorean owner who knew how to drive the car. I mean, not that the DeLorean was a hard car to drive, uh, but I just, you know, I'm very protective of it. I cared very deeply for it. Uh, my Infinity now, I'm, I mean, I, you know, now it's 10 years old, but I, I still, I take very good care of it. I don't, you know, I don't like loan it out to friends willy-nilly. And again, I just got done talking about how my, I plan to spend more money on my Model 3 than I've ever spent on a car before. I'm hoping to get you know, fully loaded, check every box, ludicrous. And even though the car would be doing the driving, I, it's not like I'd be loaning my car to some stranger. It's, uh, but I just, I personally, at this moment in time, just thinking about it, I can't see myself loaning my car out to the ride-sharing Tesla fleet. I just, I just 
care about my car so much, I, I can't fathom the idea of it driving someone around who's eating in my car, who's drinking uh, anything in my car, especially like coffee or something like that, smoking in my car, or even having smoked right before getting in and they just reek of cigarettes. No offense to any smokers out there. Or I can't fathom the idea of, of uh, heaven forbid, uh, someone drunkenly vomiting in my car. So I don't know. I mean, I love the idea of my Tesla being able to uh, make money for me while I'm at work. If I'm at work all day, it, I, I drive it or it drives me to IGN. And then uh, it just it par- we park in, in the parking garage. And then when it's needed, it just drives out <laughs> and goes and, and shuttles some people around and makes me some money. I mean, the idea of that's amazing. But... What I think I might, what might make more sense for me when I think about this is maybe when this all happens, my wife gets rid of her car. Because we, we very rarely need both cars at the exact same time. That doesn't happen a lot. You know, she, uh, so maybe she gets rid of her car and if she needs it, she just summons it to come get her, and she doesn't even have to drive it because she's already told me. I think ludicrous or no ludicrous, she's like, I don't want to drive that car because she knows it's going to be fast no matter what, and she's not into that. Uh, the I've I may have told the story when I had the P85D that I was that I reviewed for IGN that my uh, daughter who was let's see, which she would have been three, no four, three or four at the time. I would say, oh, do you want to go fast? And she would go, yeah. And then I'd punch it off in a safe place. And she would, she'd go, she goes, wee. And my wife hated it. She was like, do not do that while I'm in the car. So anyway, point being that maybe it might make more sense for my wife to get rid of her car. And if she needs a car during the day, she can just summon my Model 3 to come get her from my office and take her wherever she wants to go and whatever she needs to do, as long as the you know, car's back to me by the end of my workday, which is you know usually not a problem usually. So we'll see. I mean, I I'd be curious what what uh, what you guys think of that. I mean, that's I definitely am, I was going to wait, but I guess I'll, I'll mention it now. I definitely want to put out the call to you guys. I would love to hear your reactions to Elon's. Master Plan Part 2, please call in. Uh, the toll-free number, which I'll mention, of course, again later in the Ride the Lightning hotline, you just call in and leave a message. It's, it's that simple. It's a toll-free call or Skype, and it's 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. Okay, so um, that's the sharing thing. Now, a couple of just general observations about Elon's blog here. The next-gen Roadster was not mentioned. So it got me thinking, because if you read the whole blog, if you read the whole thing, it's very much a big-picture blog, but it's also very very forward-thinking, very sort of, uh, what's the word, almost altruistic, I think, is, is the word I'm looking for, 
where, you know, he's really, it, it feels, reading that master plan feels like Elon, <clears throat> pardon me, is, you know, we're past the idea of Tesla surviving, which is what the first master plan was about, was the first master plan was about build a limited production supercar to show everybody that electric cars can be cool, use that money to fund the mid-volume, mid-priced sedan, and then use the money from that to fund the uh, high-volume, low-price vehicle that anybody can buy. So now that we're past that, or, or you know, sort of on a, from a financial level, past the, the wobbly parts for Tesla, this master plan feels, it almost feels like Elon is just seeing a bigger picture now and thinking bigger. And I wonder, will the next-gen Roadster even happen I mean, he's gone on record with it before, fairly recently even, talking about, uh, I remember, what was it, uh, I think when Ludacris, when Ludacris happened, the, the Ludacris conference call, uh, and someone asked him, you know, is there anything past Ludacris? And he said, oh, maximum plaid, but we'll save that for the, the next roadster in like four years. So that's fairly recently, that's not that long ago, but you know, plans change. Things can change. I mean, you know, Elon has talked about, he mentioned it in, in this. I just read it to you about him sort of pivoting a lot of the engineering team to focusing on building the machine that builds the machine. That wasn't a focus of Tesla a year ago or two years ago. So I wonder if the next-gen Roadster is even going to happen. You know, a, a limited production, very expensive, like record-settingly quick super sports car does he even want to do that is that even part of the plan uh now again maybe i'm overthinking it and it's totally going to happen because tesla is about performance and fun hell they even mentioned elon even mentioned that the pickup truck would be fun the semi truck would be fun which are things you don't think of as fun so uh, maybe the the road the next gen roadster will indeed still happen, and just because this is a, as I said, a, a big picture plan, he's not going to specifically mention the limited production, super expensive, two you know two seater hypercar. So we'll see. But that I mean that was a thought that occurred to me. It's something to think about and something to keep an eye on. And then the other general observation that I wanted to make, and my final point here about Elon's new master plan is that there was no mention of the, you know, so-called Model 4, where he, again, that contradicts a fairly recent statement. He says, he had said in there, quote, a lower cost vehicle than the Model 3 is unlikely to be necessary because of the third part of the plan described below, which is sharing your car and having the cost of ownership be... So, you know, have that, that affect the cost of ownership such that anybody can afford the car. So I thought that was interesting because, again, the, you know, the, he had just, I, f I forget where it was, whether it was uh, out in, uh, boy, I, I can't quite remember, but it was fairly recently that he talked about a fourth generation car down the road that would be even cheaper. One, you know, once the Gigafactory uh, allows for cell advances and economies of scale. So that's another thing, I think. To keep an eye on. Relevant to all of this is a very recent tweet from Elon Musk. Uh, if you've been following Tesla closely, you know that Elon has a lot of bonuses in his 
arrangement with Tesla. He doesn't take a salary. Um, he is paid in stock. He, uh, he is not there. He's not, there's no golden parachute in the sense of, you know, if, uh, well, not, not in the straight monetary version, but he has a lot of major clauses where if he meets them, he gets a lot of money or a lot of stock, which at this point is a lot of money. And I think one of those is having the raising the valuation of the company to up to $50 billion. One of them was completing successfully completing the Model 3 Alpha prototype, which I believe is, of course, now done. And so there have been, there's been chatter over the years, especially with Elon's continued focus on SpaceX and Mars. Would he step away as CEO from Tesla uh, after the Model 3 comes out? And he answered this rather definitively in a very simple tweet, as Elon is known to do uh, with these sorts of things. Someone asked him on Twitter, do, do you plan to stay with Tesla beyond Model 3? To which Elon replied, quote, as long as I'm alive. Now, you could split that, you could break that down. You say, well, maybe he's not the CEO anymore. He's just there, like, on the board. But... For now, I think we can take that as a very, very much a vote of confidence in Tesla and in his role there and, and uh, his standing there. So that's probably going to reassure shareholders and uh, on Monday. And more importantly, I think it just that should reassure every Tesla fan because he is, while Tesla is a company of many thousands of incredible people, uh, he really is the key to ever. I mean, not that the company couldn't continue or or would would go downhill, but he is such an important leader for Tesla. I think uh, more so than than more. Of, he's more important to Tesla than a lot of CEOs of a lot of companies. But that that really, I mean, that made me feel good just to read it when he said, "As long as I'm alive, he'll be with Tesla." So uh, that is awesome. The one other bit of news this week, the only the only interesting thing worth covering is simply the uh, extension of the referral program. Uh, Tesla has, right where the other one ended, they've started another one with virtually the same prizes, which that does tell me, okay, well, maybe they, you know, I know I said last week, uh, or when the, the, X was, the X got the 60D, that uh, I, know, I sort of interpreted it as, well, they're ready to sell X's now. They've sorted out their production ramp. But the fact that they've renewed the referral program so quickly, uh, and, and this one's running even longer, I think because the last one was about a month and a half, this one is running for uh, three months. It is running for the equivalent of a full quarter, uh, through October 15th, in fact. So I do wonder if they're, they are trying to goose sales a bit to try and try and get their their yearly their deliveries for the for the full year fiscal year 2016 up a bit but nevertheless uh i uh received a number of very kind emails very kind offers um michael from milbray which by the way just rolls off the tongue awesomely he should 100 percent call in to talk radio as michael from milbray but he had called in, and I, I, Michael, I didn't have a way to reply to you privately, so I'll just tell you that uh, others beat you to the punch, but thank you so much. Uh, again, a number of people offered me, uh, offered to let me use their code here on the show, and in exchange uh, for the referrals, uh, 
you know, if they won the Model X, they would uh, give it to me. And it, uh, of course, I'd pay them the taxes, <laughs> the massive amount of taxes. But uh, that they were they very kindly offered that. So the first gentleman, I went ahead and just took the first person. I thought that was the most diplomatic way. But Kevin Rapp, who is very happy with his P85 Plus, has offered me the Model X should he win it. Now, in order for that to happen, we need referrals. You know this already. You've been listening to the show, so I'm not going to explain the whole thing again. But the, the bottom line is it's pretty much the same as last time. If you use this referral code, you're going to get $1,000 off of your Tesla. It applies to either the S or the X, uh, any version, any, any Tesla whatsoever. So uh, if you type this into your browser, ts.la slash Kevin 4901, that's Kevin spelled the traditional way, K-E-V-I-N, you're going to get $1,000 off of your order of an S or an X. Uh, you can also just give that to your, if you do it in store, uh, you can give it to your uh, your sales specialist as well. But ts.la slash Kevin4901. Put that into your browser and then order your car. And you'll get yourself $1,000 off. And I will get a chance uh, at that ludicrous Model X in the raffle thanks to the generosity of Kevin Rapp. Uh, the prizes are all the same. So I will say, uh, if you if do it for yourself for the $1,000 off the car, do it for me to give me a chance at, at that X to make my dream come true. And do it for Kevin too, because the prizes are... Uh, first referral's nothing. Second referral is a, uh, a Tesla leather duffel bag. Third referral, he gets an exclusive owner's jacket. Uh, five referrals is the 21-inch arachnid wheels that you can't buy for the Model S. And uh, the only difference, really, uh, in the, the, this new uh, renewed referral program is that they're upping the cap. You can go up to 10 referrals now, and 10 referrals will get Kevin... A, uh, he'll, it'll get him tickets to the next Tesla product unveiling, uh, whatever that is, whether that's Model 3 Part 2 or the bus or the pickup truck or Model Y or the semi. Who knows what it's going to be? But uh, so let's let's try and get let's try and get Kevin up to 10. We'll see if we can get him some tickets, some wheels, etc. Get me some chances to make the dream come true. So anyway, I'm going on too long. I know you guys don't want to hear this, but uh, if you are planning to buy a Tesla. In the next three months, please use that code that I gave you just a few minutes ago. You'll get $1,000 off of your purchase. With that, I'm going to take a quick break, come back, and do one, two, three, three excellent calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline this week, right after this. Wow, I think that was my longest continuously <laughs> talking segment I've ever done on the show. That was on the recorder. That was 42 straight minutes of talking. Because, you know, if I plug in a phone call in the middle of the news segment, like I like to do to kind of break things up uh, sometimes, that allows me to stop and take a breath. And then I, you know, plug the recording in and then I start a new recording and answer it and keep going. That was 42 <laughs> straight minutes uh, that felt good. My voice is still feeling strong. So anyway, uh, this is the Ride the Lightning hotline portion of the show, of course. This is where I hear from you guys about whatever's on your mind that's related to Tesla. So if you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, give me a call. It's very simple. You just call in and you leave a message. 
uh, and it will deliver that to me and I can plug it into the next week's show. It's a toll-free call or Skype. The number is 1-888-989-8752. And again, I definitely want to hear your feedback on what you thought of Elon's uh, Top Secret Master Plan Part 2. And of course, if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Please visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Also, one other quick note. If you happen to be attending the Gigafactory grand opening event that's happening at the end of this week, I unfortunately will not be... uh, I problem I, I didn't get invited uh, and uh, Joe is uh, Joe's I'm happy Joe's going Joe Willett who you know that was that was the prize for four referrals last time so we you guys got Joe tickets to that Gigafactory grand opening and he is going so I'm hopefully get, we're going to talk to Joe one one way or another whether it's live or or just recorded uh, on a, on a message but if you're going I would love to hear from you as well please leave me like a good you know. Just a short two, maybe three minute, I'll allow a little longer call for that. But uh, yeah, if you're going, I would love to hear from you. Please do call in after the event. And also, uh, I just want to mention real quick, if uh, hi to Alonzo from Greenbelt, Maryland. I was listening to your call, and unfortunately, it, it dropped completely out uh, right when you were getting to what your actual question was. So please call back, and I will get to your call next week. So... With that business out of the way, let's go to Mike in New Hampshire, a retired pilot, uh, or I I don't know if he's a veteran pilot, let me say that, who talks about uh, some autopilot stuff. So let's hear from Mike in New Hampshire. Mike, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. This is Mike in New Hampshire. A couple of of points on autopilot. Uh, One of your callers last week uh, mentioned that he thought autopilot just basically held out to speed and heading. That's uh, true from maybe the 1970s, but I assure you, uh, I'm a retired air traffic controller that is flying the flight deck many hours for cross-training, and autopilot is considerably more sophisticated now. In fact, if you go to YouTube and Google inexperienced girl or uh, search inexperienced girl land plane, you'll see just that, a girl land a Airbus 320 using autopilot. It's just amazing. So with that in mind, maybe autopilot isn't the right name. They can come up with something else. And if the driver in Pennsylvania really did fall asleep on autopilot and wasn't awoken by the chimes and things, then it might be time to rethink that and look at what they could do to make that work better. And, uh, you know, they basically own the car and can do anything from blasting cold air in your face to maybe putting the hazards on and just bringing the car to a stop and not turning off. And, you know, so that it continues to steer, that might be safer than just, uh, you know, giving a, a, a sleeping driver uh, a car that they have to drive all of a sudden. So, you know, obviously they can think about other stuff outside the box that I might not think of, and uh, hopefully they will. Thanks a lot. Bye. Excellent points, Mike. Uh, I like, by the way, the idea of blasting cold air in your face. That's a, that's a cool trick. The, the car should 100% do that. Uh, and by the way, you bring, you bring a unique, oh, there's sneeze from Maggie the Boxer. That was, that was kind of gross. You okay, Mags? <laughs> She's good. Uh, Mike, you bring a very unique, highly qualified opinion to the table on this. Uh, 
And by the way, I also I need to admit how wrong I was last week about liking the suggested name of Copilot. Again, you know, we talked about how should he, should uh, Tesla change the name of Autopilot? I thought that that Elon wouldn't because he didn't that he would if he thought he was wrong, but he wouldn't because he doesn't think he's wrong, and I don't think he's wrong either. But I, I had gone on record saying I liked the suggestion of Copilot. But I was completely wrong about that because uh, a few of you called or emailed in to correct me about exactly why. And that's because if they called it Copilot, that would actually be a huge misnomer because a Copilot in a plane can actually do literally everything for you if you're distracted or somehow incapacitated. So Copilot sounded good. But I must confess, I did not think it through. I apologize. <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing the error of my ways. I thank you all for, for correcting me on that. Copilot sounds good. That's, that would not fit at all. In fact, they could call level five copilot if they wanted to. But <laughs> I think they'll stick to autopilot. All right, let's go to uh, frequent caller Diego from Portland reacts to... Uh, the story I mentioned last week of that the little addendum of Elon blocking Fortune magazine on Twitter as sort of a public middle finger. So, Diego, take it away. Hey, Ryan. This is Diego in Portland, Oregon again. Uh, I just want to call in with a small comment regarding one of the topics in the last show. Um, you mentioned that uh, Elon blocked uh, Fortune uh, on Twitter. and um, I just kind of followed Elon's lead there and blocked Fortune as well. So if you're going to publish crap and and lies like like uh, Fortune's been doing on against Tesla, I say screw you. So good on Elon. Followed his lead. Uh, hopefully others do as well. And uh, Fortune learns to not, not make up crap and not publish stuff without knowing all the facts. All right. Thanks for all you do, man. Really like the show. Bye. Thank you for the call, Diego. And I have to say, even if even if literally everyone who listens to this podcast blocked Fortune on Twitter, it wouldn't be anything more than a mild middle finger on social media, uh, which I know is all you said you were going for. But the problem is, none of us have 4.4 million Twitter followers with the world hanging on our every tweet the way that Elon does. But still, it, it's, a, it's a simple, harmless gesture of disapproval and protest. So, uh, Diego, I salute you for that, for that simple, harmless gesture. One more call this week. This is a good one. This one's, as, as uh, Carl notes, I believe his name's Carl. I couldn't quite hear it very well. I hope, I hope it is Carl. Please correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, he asks, he, he sends a question that's straight into my uh, full-time job wheelhouse about Tesla in the upcoming racing video game Forza Horizon 3 for the Xbox One and PC. And I can help Carl here. So, Carl, take it away. Hey, Ryan. This is Carl from VA. I have a question that's in your area of expertise. Have you heard if in Forza Horizon 3, if we'll finally get the Tesla Model S or X? With ludicrous mode, Teslas have appeared in the game in the video game series previously, but 
your timing is impeccable on this call because they're, uh, Playground Games, the developer of Forza Horizon 3, as well as uh, Turn 10, the co-developer, they have just started. They're, they're announcing, as the video game world likes to do, they like to piecemeal their information out. So they're announcing uh, waves of cars on a weekly basis leading up to the uh, late September release of Forza Horizon 3. Which, by the way, if you've... Forza Horizon 2 is probably... Well, in my... Actually, I can say in this case, my professional opinion, Forza Horizon 2 is the single best racing game of the last at least five years. It is... I think I've talked about it on the show before, but it's it's very... it's kind of walks the line between simulation and arcade It's... You can turn on or off all. You can t- turn on or off all sorts of driver assists to make it. You can dial it up to be like really simulation esque, or you can dial it, turn on all the assists, and just make it super fun to just mess around with, and you don't have to really worry too much about handling or crashing or any of that stuff. But it's it's a beautiful open world racing game, and the the sequel, Forza Horizon Three, which is set in Australia is coming out in September. I played it at, at uh, E3, which is the Electronic Entertainment Expo, the annual video game trade show that occurs in Los Angeles every June. And uh, there's nothing that I saw about Forza Horizon 3 that, that leads me to believe it's going to be anything other than phenomenal, just like Forza Horizon 2 was. But anyway, to answer your question, Carl, about a ludicrous-enabled Tesla in Forza Horizon 3... Again, your timing's great because in that first wave of car announcements for the game, on the list is indeed a P85D Tesla. So the good news is the car's in the the Tesla is in the game. The bad news is that a P85D pretty much 95% means that's going to be an insane spec car that's rendered in the game, not a ludicrous car. Of course, you know, yes, the or P85D owners who've gotten the retrofit and they have P85D ludicrous, but odds are, I can virtually assure you that that's it's probably they're probably insane mode cars that are uh, that are going to be in in Forza Horizon Three. Now, I can tell you there's probably the, the reason for that because uh, I'll tell you Playground Games, the developers of this game, they are an incredible group of develop just. They're wizards. They're unbelievably talented. Their work speaks for itself. Uh, I've been to their studio, which is out in a town called Royal Leamington Spa. It's about an hour and a half north of London. I got to go there uh, when they revealed their last game. In fact, I revealed their last game on IGN two years ago, Forza Horizon 2. And uh, what a, just a great group of developers, extraordinarily talented. So more than likely... Uh, their development process, because they're on a two-year development cycle. Uh, they the, the Horizon game goes in the what is the even years, and the Forza Motorsport game, which is the track-based, closed-track, simulation-heavy racing game, releases in the odd-numbered years, and that's by a different developer, Turn Ten Studios. Anyway. Um, going a little bit down the rabbit hole here, but I just try in, in, in trying to explain why there are no probably this probably isn't a ludicrous mode car that's in horizon three. The uh, playground probably had to lock 
the car in the game before Ludacris was announced or possibly before it was available for them to get and and test themselves and uh, and really get into the game. So it's uh, that also, by the way, would explain the lack of a Model X since the X just came out very recently. Though, to be fair, the, the car roster is smaller overall in Horizon, so it, the X has a, would be, it would be more likely to show up in the inevitable Forza Motorsport 7 next year. That's a, Motorsport would be more likely to have two Teslas in it, an S and an X, but uh, in any case, P85D Model S is going to be in Forza Horizon 3, which is a game I'm very excited about, and if you like video, car video games... It should be right at the top of your list. All right, that's it for the Ride the Lightning hotline this week. Again, you can call, leave a message anytime about anything we're talking about on the show. If you've got a question, discussion topic, etc., the toll-free number to call or Skype is 1-888-989-8752. And that's it. I'm going to take a quick breather, be right back after a little musical interlude, and wrap things up for you with a few more notes after this. All right, I want to thank everybody who's contributed, who's pledged on the podcast Patreon. Uh, it's, it's going great. Thank you all so much. Just building towards that goal. Patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. If you haven't taken a look at it, I would be grateful if you at least took a look. If you enjoy the podcast, you get a lot out of it. Uh, any, little, any little pledge helps. It's all super helpful. Uh, so please take a look if you haven't already. Thank you so much if you have indeed contributed Follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to Dave T's weekly Tesla newsletter, which is fantastic. You can do that at teslaweekly.com. As always, Gene and the wonderful crew at teslarati.com do a great job of rounding up Tesla news, and they're very kind to, uh, to help get the word out about this show each and every week. And by the way, for you Tesla owners that listen to the show... Be sure to visit abstractocean.com. You may have heard of this site. It's been picking up some steam in the Tesla community. They have a great selection of Tesla accessories. I'm talking about uh, the stuff that I've seen the most positive comments on. They've got a lot of stuff there, but the the most popular items that people really seem to be enjoying are the LED lighting kits to uh, quickly and easily replace... Uh, the interior and exterior lights on the car that are not LEDs with LEDs, and then the silicone key fob pockets, very popular as well, because those little slick black plastic key fobs can, uh, can wiggle away and can hide easily. They've got a lot more than just that, so please take a look. It's abstractocean.com, which is exactly those two words, how they're normally spelled, abstractocean.com. And uh, most of you do subscribe to the podcast, but if you happen to be a new listener or you've, you're just checking it out from, uh, from Tesla Roddy maybe and you want to subscribe, you can do so on iTunes, on Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can just go to the podcast hosting website for all the episodes or the RSS feed, and that is teslapodcast.libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, 
patreon.com. And to finish up, as always, I want to do the uh, Patreon producer thanks. These are the folks that are pledging $20 or more per month. Really, really appreciate you guys. That's Jeff Bartram, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, ZL Klein, Luke Bat, David Brander, Nick Hoffman, and Norman Gray. Uh, and a reminder that I've switched it. The $10 or higher pledge per month will now get you the bonus episode every month, which is the all-call-in episode. It's where all, the, all those extra awesome phone calls that you guys give me, uh, that is where they get used. So, uh, again, thank you all so much for your support. Big week this week. That master plan did not disappoint. That was some seriously awesome stuff. Great to talk through it. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I really enjoyed recording this week's episode. I know it's going to be long. I'm always wary of your time. Uh, Hopefully it's about an hour, as it's typically been these days. But in any case, thank you all so much for listening each and every week. Uh, My name is Ryan McCaffrey, as you know, and happy electric motoring. I'll see you next week.